Day of the Beast audio game, Keeper's Diary number four, uh, Romania chapter. Hi everybody, uh, so this is uh, Keeper's Diary number four covering uh, chapter, let me do chapter six uh, of the Day of the Beast audio campaign called Castle Dark. Uh, this was originally the second chapter, I believe, in the original fungi from uh, Yagoth. Um, and it is set in uh, Romania, specifically in Transylvania, which uh, I thought was, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really good setting, especially if you have characters who uh, have seen the original 1931 uh, Dracula. Um, and I'm, I'm sure the setting was chosen specifically so that that particular, um, uh, that particular uh, atmosphere could be maintained. So I did a little bit of research. Uh, I was a little... Uh, I was hoping again, kind of, for some more travel suggestions and maybe some more, uh, some more maps. Um, I did a little looking in some books of the Orient Express, and I discovered that <coughs> the modern town, uh, the modern version of the main town that you get to first, uh, which is uh, in the book, is called Klausenburg, and uh, in modern day is uh, known as Cluj, C-L-U-J. Uh, I discovered that that was actually a stop on the Orient Express, uh, which would have been great, you know, to have known that ahead of time, that I didn't have to go digging through a book to find out that, oh, well, it's easy. The uh, investigators can just get on the Orient Express. Uh, that drops them off in Klausenburg, and then they can, uh, you know, arrange other transportation to the particular village uh, where the, the castle is located. Um, I also did a little bit of research on ships, the the liners of the 1920s, just to kind of get an idea of what uh, they, uh, what kind of lodgings or you know what their cabin would look like, what some of the public spaces would look like. And I was able to find uh, a book at a used bookstore that had some pictures of uh, first, second, and third class. So that was uh, kind of helpful just to show the, the characters during the trip. This is the ki kind of cabin you're staying in, or here's the public rooms uh, that you're in. Um, or the ones that you're not in, if they, they, they traveled first class, but if they hadn't, um, then they would have, uh, you know, this, this would have been what you would have seen. Uh, I suppose, uh, you know, if, if they'd seen, if your players have seen um, uh, the Titan, you know, Titanic, the movie, uh, that's probably got a, a pretty similar uh, idea there, too. Uh, once again, I had the opportunity to potentially use the uh, Mauritania scenario. And I decided again that I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to lose the focus on uh, the particular campaign, let them follow up on the clues. Um, later on in the uh, campaign, there is the chance for uh, sort of in-between episodes, uh, things you can stick in there, uh, possibly as red herrings or possibly just to, you know, um, uh, provide a chance for a little more, uh, some additional exploration or whatnot. Uh, so I decided again that I wasn't going to do that. None of the characters, uh, unfortunately, spoke Romanian, which is, or Hungarian, or Magyar. Um, so that was definitely going to be a problem. I did a little bit of looking through uh, Wikipedia and determined that Italian was actually probably the closest modern, uh, or the closest language to Romanian. Um, still not, uh, well, which didn't exactly help because none of the characters spoke Romanian either. Um, but uh, I figured, well, all right, uh, maybe, you know, and it, it also, I think the article said that there was a very, very slim resemblance to German. Um, so I was not too particularly thrilled about having to use the um, the fact that you can't talk to anybody. Um, it's kind of fun for a couple of episodes uh, or a couple of encounters you know, that you have to you know try to mime, you know okay try to mime what you're what you're saying. But well, one that doesn't translate well into audio. 
uh, and two, it's not, you know, like I said, it works once or twice, but it's really kind of useless after that. Um, and fortunately, some of the characters, uh, the initial uh, NPCs, do speak a little bit of English, so that was uh, useful. I was amused that uh, the innkeeper's reference to the um, the gypsies nearby um, did not lead them to actually go and, and and seek them out and talk to them and have the encounter that uh, is is listed in the in the scenario, uh, but instead decided to hire a horse and carriage to cart all their things around with them. I thought that was very very funny, uh, and I was fully prepared that if they ever had to you know sort of run for the hills. Um, that they were going to pretty much lose everything. And I did make sure, very sure, tell me what you're bringing with you so that in case you need to, you know, I, I know what you have so that I can take it away from you later if I need to. Um, I thought this kidnapping the servants, uh, boy, that was uh, an interesting idea. And because um, they were they were clearly kind of thrashing around, well, how are we going to, to do this? They, they looked around, but they hadn't really looked uh, closely enough to let me uh, you know, to give them the opportunity for a spot hidden to find the secret way in, uh, not until not until later. Um, so that was pretty funny, and and the they were you know these these moral dilemma. Well, we've just kidnapped these, you know, we've just assaulted and battered these people, uh, and what are we going to do? Are we just going to kill them, or are we you know we can't just let them go? They'll go to the Baron. Well, maybe you know. So that was that was pretty funny, um, and sort of the exploration. Uh, I was a little surprised it took kind of a long time to get through the castle exploration. Um, I was amused uh, about the room with the um, the skeletons and that only two of them went in. Um, the other two decided not to look. I made a bit of a blunder in the map because I, I misread the map and had this one big staircase um, heading uh, not in directly into the castle, which in a way is kind of a funny thing. Um, I suppose that you know you think of it from the castle from from the baron's point of view you've got this castle and right on the first floor there's stairs leading down to your secret hideaway um i suppose that works because really no one's going to be in the castle except people that he knows and trusts but i thought that was a little bit weird um so i i didn't really uh, you know okay yeah i i blew it on in sending in terms of where that staircase went but that was i didn't think that was a big deal um Although I did have to think a little bit, little bit later, well, where then, if the Baron summons Niagtha, you know, what's the route that it's going to take to get up to the surface? And uh, I, I was able to work that one out. Um, once they, well, it took them a, a long time, I think, to figure out the, the connection of, of the Space Mead and uh, the Star Vampire. I thought they were reading the handout a little bit funny. Um, and also they kept looking, oh, they kept looking, they found in the, the, the catacombs, they found that statement of um, the priest and um, were therefore convinced that this book, this this Necronomicon, had to be somewhere first in the catacombs, which it wasn't, and then later, well, it has to be in the barons, uh, in the castle, uh, until, you know, it's like, well, the priest stole it, or, well, or actually the priest acquired it, probably it was stolen by someone else. The priest acquired it, um, so logically it's it's not likely that the baron you know, unless he got it back somehow, it's not going to be there. Um, so they were a little bit, uh, you know, they, they seemed to focus a little bit uh, on um, these, these what I would have thought is, uh, you know, not, well, I wouldn't say trivial, because it's, it's not trivial, because they think it's important. 
but they get focused on these little tiny bits and it's almost like kind of missing the forest for the trees. So that was uh, a little bit funny. Um, I had uh, Jan Kopesh, this, the, uh, the other NPC there. Um, he never, you know, he never really got the chance to uh, sort of do the spying that he wanted. He ended up being used more as a translator, which is fine. I mean, I didn't really need to have that uh, sort of the, the extra side plot with him. And um, since they did find the way in, eventually he didn't have to be used as the rescue wild card, which is sort of the, the other reason that he's there to, in case they get captured and tortured. Um, I figured I was going to kill Jurgen if they were if they wasted enough time whereby the Baron would invite them in and, and poison them or, or uh, capture them, drug them and, cap and torture them. I figured I was going to kill Jurgen because uh, I just felt that that player would be more able to handle the fact that his character had just you know arbitrarily been killed, um, whereas the others I was a little bit worried that well maybe they would get a little bit a uh, little bit too depressed. Um, I was very, very amused by how they dealt with uh, the Star Vampire. Um, I did make a bit of a, another bit of a blunder, whereby when they started, so so the Baron flies off on his, so the Baron summons Nyagtha, and then summons the Star Vampire and flies away in the Star Vampire. And at that point I figured, okay, well, it's probably invisible. So all they see is the is the Baron sort of rising as though he were being carried or, or you know, whatever. Uh, invisibly, and so I didn't want to really give the sand penalty for that because you know it just looks you know he it's invisible. He's just rising through the air. Well, that's kind of unnerving, but not really sanity blasting. But then with the uh, when they started summoning them, the star vampire, um, I made a mistake because the normally or the book suggests the rule book suggests that when they're summoned, they're invisible. They make this funny noise, but they don't actually become visible until they feed on something. Uh, and by implication, if you can't see it, you actually don't lose, or you may not lose the sanity for it. And so um, you would summon the star vampire, it's invisible, you don't lose sand. You give it a command, it does the command, and well, that may cause you to lose sanity, but just the summoning doesn't lose sanity. And um, I, I can sort of justify the fact that I blew that by, by just saying, well, it's visible. Well, it could have fed on something beforehand, but, and then it was summoned, and so it's, it comes there in its full, ugly awfulness. But also, it, I don't like the idea necessarily of, uh, you know, a, sort of a, a very low-cost summoning. It, it costs, what, a D3, I think, to actually cast the spell. And essentially what you have then is a wild card, a D3, you know, in exchange for a D3 of sanity, you can pretty much do, um, you know, do one thing, whatever you want, and only lose a D3 sand. So if you're in a bad position, okay, you spend however long it takes to summon the Star Vampire. I've, I've kind of deliberately kept that vague. Summon the Star Vampire, lose a D3 sand, it's invisible, tell it to do something, and it goes and does it, and it's a Star Vampire, so it's likely to succeed in whatever you tell it to do. Um, so in a way, I'm kind of glad that I made that mistake, because I didn't want them to get into the habit of, well, we're in the middle of a problem, let's summon a Star Vampire to take care of it. Um, but I was amused that I got them to lose that that the the way that they're trying to figure out. Okay, you know, the first time they're all there, and the guy who's summoning the star vampire faints, and so I gave him I gave him a luck roll because I didn't I didn't exactly need to have a star vampire an uncontrolled star vampire sitting in this you know being summoned and uncontrolled because what I have then is a total player kill a total total party kill. 
Um, so I gave them the luck roll, and he made it. And so it's like, okay, I'm I'm hinting very strongly. You know, a good command might be return to where you came, so that way the star vampire isn't just hanging around. Um, I did choose not to use the bind mechanic. Uh, again, the rule book is a little vague, uh, and I think deliberately so as to, well, do you really need to make the bind roll or not? And um, I figure maybe if they want to, if like someone else summons a star vampire and they want to try to take over control of it then I would surely use the, the bind mechanic. But um, I think if you're summoning it yourself, um, I don't want to really do that because it, it means that um, the magic points suddenly become extraordinarily important because if you're summoning the star vampire by yourself, you're not likely to have many magic points left to bind it, in which, in which case you've got an uncontrolled star vampire that's going to eat you and then go away. And so that's, that's not really fun, so um, I, that's why I picked that mechanism. Um, again, they hadn't figured out the space mead, so I thought, well, drink, well, okay, fine, that's a good command. Uh, it drinks, and then it, and having fulfilled the command, it leaves. I thought that was uh, particularly uh, amusing. I was really hoping that they did not just say, take us to Seleno, uh, because at that point, I really would have had little choice but to say, okay, it grabs you, it takes you up into space, and you, you know, freeze and you suffocate, and your, eye, and your eyes explode uh, from being in vacuum. Um, fortunately, they never quite got around to that. They got the idea that, well, maybe if this, the, the star vampire has to drink the space mead, and then things will happen. And since that failed uh, and we ran out of session time, uh, that avenue didn't, didn't get explored. But I, uh, it does get a little better. I, I, I should have given them some idea rolls earlier, but I was kind of hoping they'd figure it out themselves before they got into big, uh, really big trouble. Um, so... Uh, they decided to. Uh, they've decided that they're going to uh, move on to um, Egypt, and uh, we're dealing with the Egypt chapters there now. And uh, so, uh, I think on the next diary, I'll uh, talk about the Egypt chapter. So until then, see you there. Bye bye.